Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Listen to the Tony D'Urso Show ad-free and get bonus features on most new shows. This is additional content not available in the free version, and is for members only. You can also get copies of my new books at no extra charge. Best of all, you get to ask me anything about marketing, branding, promotion, as well as about starting and growing a podcast. Join the fun at TonyDurso.com slash member. Yes, listen ad-free, get additional content for members only, and join in on a forum to ask me anything. That's Tony. D-U-R-S-O dot com slash member. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview elite entrepreneurs and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. Today, we're going to talk about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. As you know, my interviews with the world's elite entrepreneurs are all about helping you launch your new business or take your business to the next level. Sometimes the penny drops with the right information for you to start something profitable yourself or help you do your job a whole lot better. Would you please help me get my show to those that need to hear this in the world? Please share and consider giving me a review. The easy way is to go to Apple Podcasts or go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. Thanks for your kind review in advance. Today's show is about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. Let's see what we can learn today. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary recap of what we went over, so stay tuned for that. Matthew Warzel, CPRW, is a certified resume writing expert with over 15 years in human resources and career advancement techniques. He manages MJW careers and provides assistance to companies in transition from downsizes to buyouts, as well as individual job seekers needing to advance their careers. Here we go. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. So great to have you on with us today. It's great to be here, Tony. Thank you for your time. The honor is ours, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, and people out there. We all want good job hunting advice, and we really look forward to picking your brain and learning all about getting a job and, and some hacks and so forth. Let's take it from the beginning, shall we? Let's follow your journey to success. Matt, how did it all start for you? Thank you. Yes, so essentially, I am kind of a victim of circumstance similar to what had happened in 2020 uh, with a lot of folks who had probably, you know, been affected by a downsizing or furlough, what have you. And I myself was affected by the 08 meltdown, uh, the financial crisis. My story begins, though, in 2003, after I graduated from John Carroll in Cleveland, I had a, earned a marketing degree and I really didn't know what to do with it, uh, like anyone else out of school with a business uh, kind of focus, but where to go. So I did the paper sales thing right around when Dunder Mifflin was starting out. And uh, so it was kind of funny and I uh, had that for almost a year and actually had been laid off. Um, who would have thought paper was on their way out? And uh, from there, it was kind of a series of, you know, like a mortgage broker and what have you, just things that really didn't require too much vetting to find the right people for. It was more of a, 
you have a pulse, come on in and try to sell stuff for us. And it's commission only. And I did that grind. And I had a friend tell me at John Carroll that had found employment. She goes, oh, you should look into Aerotech. And I was like, what's Aerotech? And she's like, you know, it's a good company, yada, yada. And I go, okay, well, whatever. So I, I went to the Career Center, signed up back then. I don't know how Career Center's, I'm not sure all of them do this still, but back then they would arrange interviews with companies that, you know, they would try to place you at. So it was a really nifty kind of benefit of ours. So I thought, what the heck? So I went on this interview and, you know, of course, the 22-year-old who doesn't do any meticulous kind of research or any sort of form of preparation I go in there and a guy at the end of the interview goes, okay, so what do you know about Aerotech? And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking in my head, this has got to be a tech company. And I was like, you guys are involved, you know, on the IT side, technical side, aren't you? You kind of do some sort of service. <laughs> he's like, he's like, did you look up uh, Aerotech with a CH or a K? And I was like, CH? And he goes, ah, he was like, we're with a K. He's like, we're a staffing firm. And I was like, I don't even know what staffing is. And so it was, a lot of people don't, but a staffing is essentially, you know, a recruiter. Uh, that finds people work. And kind of flash forward, I had an interview with the company, which was the hardest interview I've ever had in my life. It was uh, five different people in one morning. It was one whole morning, three hours long with like five or six different people. So I kept getting bounced around and these were hard hitting questions because they're recruiters. So that's what they do. And uh, I kind of got through that, got the job. And at the time it was 30,000 plus commission, which as a 22 year old, that was it. You're like, okay, you know, I'm on my way to retirement. And took the job, enjoyed the work. Aerotech was started back with by Steve Bouchotti, the guy who owns the Ravens. A uh, real good company. If anybody out there is looking for a solid recruiting firm, they work for free for you. Uh, you know, they, they get paid by the clients, the, the companies themselves. So if you're looking for a good recruiter, look up Aerotech. Really cut my teeth, learned my business acumen, figured out, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this era. I like this recruiting. Problem was in staffing, you're dependent on your livelihood by others going to work. So you not only take hours and hours to find the right fit, but then they got to stay there and actually be a good worker. And sometimes people slip through and they, you know, and you start hearing stories. And so it was a long, almost three years experience of, I mean, days where I'd cry in my manager's room, just so distraught over just the emotional roller coaster that is recruiting. So I got out of Aerotech. I had, I, I went and found HR roles, HR recruiting roles, which is a little different. And staffing your clients are the actual companies. Whereas when you're internal HR recruiter, my clients were now the hiring managers that lived in my facility. So worked at Goodrich Landing Gear uh, for about a year and a half. And that was really fun. And that's kind of where I really figured out this thing that, you know, this whole, this whole staffing, hiring, recruiting thing and how it totally functions within a company. This is kind of where I really gained a lot more insight that I think I benefit now from for my clients because I've sat in on those rooms with hiring managers three o'clock on a Friday when they just want to jet and have to go through a bunch of resumes and really kind of figure out what makes a good candidate, how to package a good candidate. Went through you know, back then recruiting was a lot of contract work. So again, that one was like a year, year and a half contract and expired. Then I moved on to uh, worked at PNC on a contract. And I worked at a couple other little uh, firms, little short six months stints. And eventually, and I'm still in Cleveland, eventually in 06, I had thought my wife and I wanted to get out to uh, LA. We went, we kind of wanted to start moonlighting 
with our second passion. You know, I was working recruiting and she was a technical writer and I had always wanted to be a screenwriter and an actor kind of thing, you know, entertainment business. And she always wanted to do hair and makeup. So we were like, well, let's go to, the, you know, let's go to La La Land, figure it out. So we move out. Um, and luckily I had a job waiting. I actually had them relocate me. I worked for a company called Johnson Controls uh, and worked there for almost three years, which was it was such a neat experience because, um, A, I'm in, it's in L.A. We're in our mid-20s. I'm making more money than I had ever made just because of the cost of living and et cetera, um, the way I negotiated that. And I really enjoyed it. And I was able to go on auditions and kind of learn that stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, the meltdown hits, the 08. Flash forward to 09 February. I still remember it like it was, you know, yesterday. It was early February and they, you know, dropped the axe on me and, you know, about eight other colleagues that were nationwide spread, other recruiters. It's usually the first thing that happens when, you, when you're when you laying off. You usually kind of, you know, you go through your recruiters, you get rid of them, and you kind of go to marketing next. And so I was kind of spinning my wheels. I had a bout of anxiety. It lasted about four years, and it was a severe bout. It was one of those ones where I just, I couldn't even go outside without getting vertigo and this kind of weird stuff. I mean, I, I, I still manage it today better, but at the time it was just daunting. I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I was 350 pounds. I was like, you know, it's a hundred. Yeah. I was, I was on a fast track to death. I mean, like literally um, my mom gifted me Weight Watchers when we moved back East and, you know, I dropped a hundred pounds. I'm, yeah. Now I'm down 112 pounds now. Um, and so that was like, you know, that aha moment of like, okay, you know, didn't have my faith much anymore. I was kind of, you know, absent from church and I grew up a Catholic, practicing Catholic. And I didn't have my career, didn't know what the hell I was going to do, didn't have my health. And my money was just barely holding on. Luckily, we were part of that 99 week unemployment thing Obama rolled out. So I was fortunate enough to get into that to kind of help me my first two years, roughly, of figuring out my next new, you know, my new me. And just really took it by the horns, man. I really just, you know, I, I, I went through the proper protocols of setting up a small business and the, the compliance and accounting stuff and tax and, you know, um, um, just everything. And, and that was a learning experience. Matt, very fascinating. And as I get it so far, I just want to comment. You went thinking that you were going to get hired at a tech for technology company instead of a recruiting company. And throughout your story, it's quite amazing, even though you fell into it. You've stuck with it. You've made a lot of money. You went from place to place working for years. Was there a point where you said, I really like this? Is this the aha moment where you go, this is my life, helping people get a good job. This is my thing. Where did this vision come from? That would have been at Aerotech when I can, when I saw, I don't want to say, you know, the intentions are always you know, the one of a martyr. I mean, I was looking at money at first. I saw the money they were making in my office and it was a kind of a bullpen mentality of Aerotech. Everyone's transparent. Everyone meets three times a day as a group beginning of the day, end of the day and at lunch, before lunch. And it's a, and everyone's aware of how everyone's doing it in success. So when your name's on the board and you're not successful at the office, you worry. And to get successful, you got to place people in the jobs and that, that builds up more of your income. So for me, it was a dollar at first. I was like, this is great. They're, the sky's the limit to how much you can earn. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others 
to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead to chat continues about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Entrepreneurs around the world know that agility and flexibility are integral to building businesses that scale, and that's across all your core functions. I recently came across a company that thinks about payments through a radical new lens. Checkout.com. I like that they help you unlock more revenue with their connected payment services. There's connected and then there's super connected technology, and that's what Checkout uses. They have world-class fraud filters. They make payments seamless, and that's a great thing. Did you know that merchants lose over $20 billion due to false declines? Wouldn't you love to capture more of that? And before I go on, did you know that 65% of merchants surveyed do not receive detailed raw response codes on failed payments? That's a huge percentage. I've been reading their free report, and I'm astounded at the money lost. In a survey of 5,071 consumers, Across four countries, 52.1% were put off permanently from shopping on a site because of the complexity of the payment process. Can you believe that? Ouch. Could this be why you're not getting as many sales as you think you should? Are you leaving money on the table? Just having an online checkout and taking credit card payments is actually the beginning of the story. Checkout.com is a leading cloud-based global payment solutions provider. Checkout's payment platform is purpose-built with simplicity, scalability, and speed in mind, ideal for merchants looking to seamlessly integrate better payment solutions globally. Checkout.com offers improved acceptance globally, better and more actionable granular data, a flexible product structure that merchants can adapt to their needs, combined with truly personal white glove service. It's why brands across the globe like Pizza Hut, TransferWise, Klarna, Revolut, and Samsung trust Checkout.com. Checkout.com is the dominant choice for organizations that are looking for the fastest, most innovative, and reliable global payment solution provider. See if Checkout works for your business and set up a free test account in minutes at Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. That's Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O for a free test account. Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. I'll spell that out. C-H-E-C-K-O-U-T dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Checkout.com slash D-U-R-S-O. listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Erso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Job Hunting Advice with Matthew Warzel. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Matt has a long history in working in human resources and on recruitment staffing teams across a variety of industries. He fashions a resume that allows employers to review the applicant's assets, 
while highlighting accomplishments and showcasing impacts on the employer's bottom lines using quantitative verbiage and maintaining brevity. All right, and now back to the chat with Matt. However, my aha moment of, you know, what I'm doing now came years later when after I'd started my business. So it's a little bit different. What my values were then compared to now is completely different. I'm which say, you know, when you're 22 versus 40, you kind of learn a lot along the way. Um, but that was definitely at first, that's what kept me in HR was that the money you can make as a recruiter. And then when I got into HR recruiting, they kind of, I don't want to say overpaid you, but HR recruiting uh, recruiters do make a decent dollar. It ain't by any means an HR management kind of salary, but enough where you go, okay, I'm making more of my buddies here and I'm, you know, doing a good job and it's hard work, but it's like, I might as well stick with this. This HR world kind of pays a decent buck. For immediate jobs, we're in for the money and we love it. And that's what we need because we have our bills, our homes, our cars, et cetera, our lifestyle. We've got to support it. So that money is very important, but it goes very fast and switches the tenure, the I'm staying at this job, staying at the company. That's all about liking what you do, loving what you do, and that it aligns with your purpose. So what's that purpose? What's that motivation for what you do? Now it is definitely when I get the congratulatory email from my clients saying, hey, thanks, I got the job. There, That is something that is a natural high. It really is a buzz. It's interesting. I Let's even say about three to four years ago, I was so internal with my secrets and my tactics and strategies other than people that would come to me for help. I wouldn't network much with my fellow colleague resume writers because I didn't want to have competition on my radar. And I kind of was playing absolutely the opposite of how you want to play in the sand. So I had a, a another aha moment. We'll just kind of stick with that theme <laughs> um, of which I said, this is not going to benefit my clients nor me. I need to get myself out there and start putting myself out there. And wouldn't you know that now when I talk to a client, my focus is so not on money anymore that I've turned down people solely to either direct them somewhere else where I know a colleague would handle them better or, you know, hey, this person's coming to me. And by the end of all this work I'm going to do, I'm probably going to issue refund by the end of all this, no matter how hard or well I do. Um, and so I will turn down people that look like a problem child coming to, coming at me, steaming at 100 miles an hour. We're talking about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel, and you can find him at mjwcareers.com. And careers has an S, mjwcareers.com. Matt, anything more you wanted to share about your purpose? Because I want to I want to also get into your vision path and and get into we've got people probably like, I need help with my job. The events are crazy. What can I learn? I've I need to know hacks. What's the back door to get hired? We got a lot of questions, everyone. One at a time. Matt, over to you. Absolutely. Let, let's get into some of that because I, I think, you know, in terms of my final wrap up of the purpose, it's definitely how to position the job seeker who is hurting, who has needs more dire than, you know, I don't want to call the professional work the most important thing in your life, but it weighs heavy on people's minds at the end of the night. So that's where I feel my ultimate purpose lies now is how can we get this person into a career they like, not just a job, but into a, a satisfying, fulfilling life's work. 
Let's start with CVs and resumes. What are the items that you say are essential for a job seeker to include in their CV or resume? So I actually do a live weekly show myself on LinkedIn, and this was my topic today, which is kind of funny because, you know, you never know what topics you're going to do. And I had three of them. With a resume, first and foremost, you have to pass the seven-second test. So it does exist. And people who don't know that out there, the seven-second test is when a recruiter or hire manager picks up a resume. They look at it for about six, seven seconds before they realize if they want to read more or just kind of put it aside. Matt, I've just figured out if I ever go for a job, I'm going to put at the very top line, you're going to make a lot of money on me. (laughs) (laughs) That passes the seven seconds. There you go. They'll read more, won't they? Yeah, right. You, just, <laughs> you know what? There's a funny story about a, a a kid who wants to get a junior copywriter role in New York City. This happened last week. And so, you know what he did to the hiring manager? He Venmoed the hiring manager a request for $50,000 and said, you know, uh, and, and the, the memo was the new, your new junior copywriter. And what do you think? They didn't bring him in for an interview. They called him right then and there and got him in for an interview. Uh, that's being creative. If you want to hear about creative ways to get a job, you got to think outside the box with all the clutter now. You know, we want those at the end of the show because I want people to listen to some of these other points as well. But that's some brilliant stuff. Isn't that great? I'll tell you, it's called guerrilla job hunting. There's a plenty of information on Google about it. But yeah, just kind of going out there guerrilla style, almost like a marketer. And uh, yeah, but so essentially these hiring managers, they want a pragmatic they want a nicely fine-tuned, laid out properly, and adheres to everything with, that goes within that seven-second test. And here's what it looks like, right? Here's your resume. You want one that has no graphs, no no borders, and 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 in text boxes and and frames and weird in your picture. No pictures, no photo, none of that. They want to know your value offerings. What are you going to do for them? Are you going to make them money, or are you going to cost them money? And essentially. And obviously, they're humanizing this, what they call candidate experience now. They're trying to make it more and more, uh, you know, friendly for the person going through this. It's not such a chop house like the old days of getting a job where you went through an interview, never even heard back. And, you know, that kind of thing, ghosting. Uh, Nowadays, they were really taking it serious because we're in a microcosm. We're on social media and everybody's seeing on Backdoor.com or just in general boards who is treating their employers, their employees right. So this candidate experience is very important. So essentially, these hiring managers want to see something, though, that's, you know, properly laid out. So keep it simple. You put your name on top with some contact information, no address, because obviously nowadays with with scams. So all you can do is city, state. You don't even have to have that. But you need a number, email, preferably a LinkedIn URL. And then if you have a portfolio, throw that in there. Then have a nice three-sentence summary. And this is where you give your unique selling proposition. You're, you're, you are your unique selling position. This is where you're hammering home your biggest value. Let's just throw it out there. You're an accountant. Let them know, can you handle the full accounting life cycle? Okay, you can. Then let them know a nice little value offering that makes you unique in the middle of that summary. And at the end, have an intention. What, what are you trying to do? What's your focus? Um, it's not so much like an objective, like the old resumes, but it's more like, you know, how are you going to tie these values into here's what I want to do next and how I'm going to be successful at it is your last sentence. The trick is, and this is where I get clients because people don't know how to write this physically. You know, they could write this thing half a page long, 
Um, and this is where the writing science behind resumes comes in. It's different from any other writing out there. And so you got to kind of get it in this business format, this function that exists within the resume world that career coaches, recruiters, and hire managers get. So after the summary, then you want to sprinkle in about nine key skills. And these key skills directly relate to the job opening. You cannot find a better place to find key skills that are going to be searched by recruiters when they do searches in their applicant tracking systems. And I'll tell you that in a second, but when they go to search for you in their little software to find you, they're using these key skills from the job description because that job description is from the mouth of the hiring manager. So they are going to pay attention to it and they're going to use anything they can in there. Now, once they exhaust the job description keywords, then they're going to move into the world that they're looking for. So if they're looking for an accountant, they're going to use words like general ledger, QuickBooks, you know, those kind of things. Now, to find those, you can also, not only job description, go on your LinkedIn, look for people that are comparable to the work you're doing or that next level up that you're trying to get to. Go down to the bottom of their profile and look under their endorsements. That is a wealth of job search terms that you can use to, to kind of get into your resume. Don't fib. Don't just throw them on your resume. If you don't have them, that's an upskill option. Maybe you go upskill to gain that type of uh, skill. I don't want to say it twice, but you upskill to gain the skill. So when you keyword optimize the resume, you're trying to comply with this thing called applicant tracking system. This is the software recruiters use to essentially store you and 999 other people. And when you have a thousand people sitting in this thing, how are they going to find you say in a week from now? If they don't remember your name, because you know they're dealing with people all day, they're going to use those words. So make sure you optimize the resume right there. This also helps with the story that you're telling your messaging because the hire manager is going to look at it and go, cool, got a summary. I get this person is in my world. I like it. I'm looking for an accountant. This person's accountant. Key skills. Good. They're having key skills that relate to my world. Everything that they're saying here, I get and I gel with. Now they're excited to get to your experience. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead to chat continues about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, I've got some great stuff here that you're going to love. Listen to the Tony D'Urso Show's Add free and get bonus features on most new shows. Become a valued member of the Tony D'Urso Show. Here's what you get. Add free episodes. As a valued member, listen to all new shows ad free. Bonus features. As a valued member, you can expect bonus features on most new shows. This is additional content not available in the free version and is only for you, members only. Generally four episodes a month. Free books, and I mean it, no extra charge. You get a free copy of the vision map, which I wrote when I started my podcast journey. Using and following this material took me to the top of my game in a few years. You can do it too. And ask me anything. You get to ask me anything and get all the help you want in marketing, branding, promotion, and starting and growing a podcast and anything else. While I charge for monthly coaching, you get to ask me anything as part of your premium membership at no additional charge. How cool is that? Join now. Become a valued member today 
and I look forward to helping you grow in your career, business, and life. Join the fun at TonyDurso.com slash member. That's TonyDurso.com slash member. I'll see you there. You're listening to The Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Erso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Job Hunting Advice with Matthew Warzel. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Matthew Warzel and MJW Careers have been featured in media and publications that include Forbes, Money, AARP, SHRM, Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Australia, Yahoo News, Yahoo Life, AOL, Glassdoor, dot, 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 and The Tony D'Urso Show, among others. And now back to the chat with Matt. But before the experience, this is where I have, I, this is where I like to have what I call combinational resume. The old chronological resumes didn't have this. And I don't know why, but this is such a key part. Rearing those skills before the experience, right? Rearing the skills, but before the experience is going to be a key accomplishment section, or we call it highlights. This is where you want your six, you know, five, six, seven biggest accomplishments or really cool stories where, you know, where you are, are, it's so profound for the reader that those are the ones that are going to almost get them excited to bring you in for an interview before they even get to the experience. Your best bet for this is to A, play up the transferable anecdotes, narratives, accomplishments, achievements, whatever, as much that translate to that targeted role, but also those really neat stories. This can also be a spot, and here's a little bit of a hack that we use as writers is Say like you worked at IBM in 1990. Do not list that on your resume. Only stick to the most recent 10 years of experience because of relevance. People are busy and they want to know you can slide into this role. But let's say you were an accountant in 1990, left IBM, went and did, uh, you know, uh, you know, you went and did supply chain management, and now you want to go back into an accountancy role. This is where you can pull some of those accountancy tidbits that you had done back then, you can jam them into this accomplishments and not even mention IBM on the resume. So then when it comes up during the interview, which is the goal of your resume is just to get you in that room to wow them, then you can speak about it and be like, okay, now that was prior to this job. That's why I used to work at IBM, you know, back in 1998. And that that's kind of, those are some achievements from them. But it's like, at least you can now expand upon it during an interview and wow them about how you still keep up with this stuff and you can still hang as an accountant. Then, after this accomplishment section of those really neat things, get to the experience. This is the meat and potatoes. This is where I, as an old recruiter, used to go first because I want to see, are you sloppy work history? Are you a job hopper? Do you have gaps? Are you on the same kind of trek for succession into the role I'm hiring? You know, a lot of different variables, but this is your meat and potatoes. This is where you want that content to shine. Your hacks for this section, there's two things. One, less is more. If you can get your accomplishment, your achievement on one line, better than having two lines. Try not to go over two lines. If you start getting little three-line sentences, that gets a little heavy, a little, ver- a little verbose. So your two ways to do this. One, think about problem-action result. You There was a problem. You took an action. 
And here was a result. That's called PAR. We call it PAR PAR. If you don't have a problem, it's fine. Action result works just fine too. But you need that mentality because you did this, because you streamlined, uh, because you implemented a process improvement, you streamlined operational efficiency. Because you secured an um, underperforming team, or, or let's just say because you elevated an underperforming team, you were able to meet your sales goals by year end. You know, whatever the things are that are going to be a wow factor for these hiring managers at that job, they don't care about your tasks. They can go and see what an account manager does anywhere and they get it. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of, sh- you're schmoozing with the clients all day and trying to maintain relations and upsell them and do all this stuff. They get what account managers do. What did you do? What makes you so special as an account manager? And that's where you want to record these while you're working throughout your career. You should have a little career journal and mark every time you got a really cool story, whether you supported a project or something very unique that you're pulled into or just day-to-day stuff, but that resonated for you during the day where you go, wow, that was a really good client call. I can't believe what I did impacted the client's work like that and, and how she said that. I, and so go and track it real quick. What, what, what made it so great by you doing what? What happened? What, what, huge ROI for the client? Well, mark that down. That's good stuff. So this problem action result is a good formula. So use a real strong action verb. Do not be ambiguous. Okay. Don't try to outsmart people. Don't have the word championed in, as one of your action verbs. That thing is 1990 all over it. You know, think of ones real simple, drove, increased, decreased, elevated, uh, uh, led, you know, directed, you know, keep it simple. They don't have to be the most unique action verbs. The more ambiguous you get, now you're trying to outsmart the reader. They get annoyed. People get annoyed by that stuff. They don't want to look up a thesaurus when they're reading you. So when you have these action verb, problem, action, result, formula, that is one way to have this sentence built. Now you just want to build about five to seven of those under each of your experiences, the most important accomplishments. The final hack for that is how do you get it so kind of Twitter-esque where it's very condensed? Think about it, almost like you have character count. You need to eliminate prepositional phrases, eliminate stuff like in the tree, around the tree, above the tree, under the tree, anything with a squirrel in the tree, eliminate those, combine stuff so then you can better position the statement where it's quick, concise, and impactful. That explains why I didn't get my last job. Well, <laughs> in the tree, over the tree, around the tree. <laughs> I was overqualified. You're going for English instructor role. You don't even, you don't even do the English grammar well. <laughs> Matt, this is absolutely amazing. The drill down on what to put in the resume is just, I didn't even expect it, how detailed it is. I want to make sure that we give a little time. You can finish if there's anything else to say on that, but I want to make sure we want to know how do we find opportunities if everyone's using a computer. Before I podcasted, I had my own marketing company and I looked around when I saw the writing hit the wall, you know, with federal regulations impacting what I did for business. I looked around and I applied for a job that I was extremely overqualified for. I was surprised I didn't get a phone call the next day saying, hurry, run, don't walk, come in, we want to interview you. And nothing ever happened. And I'm like, why? And it's then that I learned it's all run by computers. And if you don't say the right word, they don't pick you because it's not people looking at the resume anymore. It's a computer. And I get that because there's so many, there's so many applications, especially in this current day. I understand that people applying for jobs has mushroomed 
So how do we find opportunities during this global crisis and the global increase and all that other stuff? Absolutely. So this is kind of also goes with the workarounds. I know we had uh, spoke about, you know, some of job hunting workarounds. How do you get in through the door without doing what everybody else does, which is applying online? We call it uh, spraying and praying. I will say this. Go apply online, please. Do your due diligence. Do the right thing that recruiters expect you to do, which is enter your credentials into the application, submit it over. Now, I'll tell you one quick tip for that, though, too, because people don't take those very serious. They're almost in a rush because they go, how am I going to set up profiles on 10 company sites? Because you have to. Because if Apple wants you to apply online, you still got to apply online through Apple and enter your credentials and sign up for an account there. And you need to ensure you are filling out every single text box that they ask for. And if you don't have the answer, just put non-applicable NA because they might kick you out. And like you said, these these ATS, you know, these application tracking systems rely on that artificial intelligence now. So for you to even get to human eyeballs, sometimes there are these, these, these gates that are in place through the AI. So one of the ways that they kick you out is sometimes having incomplete application. So if you go to Apple, yes, it might take a half hour and you will drive yourself batty because there's so many questions and you go, I can't believe I have to fill out all this stuff. But just do it. Every single thing, every single question, every single line item and auto populate when feasible. If they let you kind of click on whatever the suggestion is, do that. Don't let you don't ignore that stuff, because that, again, is another little hack that you got to make sure you follow. Um, You know, once you get your application into the Apple.com of the world through their career portal, now you have an account that you can set up an alert for could set up alerts for other jobs that might come out of Apple or whatever company that they have that uh, that capability to set up an alert. And now you're in the applicant tracking system for all the recruiters at that company. So they might find you in three months and you had no idea that, oh, wow, I applied to Apple three months ago and someone's calling me out of the blue because now you're coming up in their searches. So do that. Now, the other things you should be doing, okay? So first things first, do the application online the, the way everyone else does. Now, the second thing I always like to do is use LinkedIn. LinkedIn has almost, I think they says like 90, 95% of recruiters are now using LinkedIn to source candidates. And here are a few tips you can use that I think they're proven to work, but I think are just really good ideas. And not all these I've invented, you know, you hear things that, that you come across and you jot them down and stuff. And I kind of expand upon some or build them up my own little way. But one of the really neat things I saw was it's I, I kind of coined it the iced cup of coffee. Um, so let's actually let's start with the bird's eye. First, where do you want to work? Drill down a strategy, maybe three companies, three to five companies in what geographical geographical location do you want to work in? Once you've established that you want to work in uh, XYZ manufacturing in Cleveland, Ohio, you then Go on LinkedIn, look up XYZ Manufacturing in Cleveland, Ohio, and look at the people that are on LinkedIn at that facility. If you're an accountant, you want to look for an accounting manager there, uh, perhaps a maybe a director level. I would not reach out to the CFO. Um, you know, somebody extremely high level is is most likely not even going to be doing any sort of hiring. If they are, they are not going to be bringing resumes to the table for the recruiters too often, unless it's a buddy they golf with. So you got to kind of stay in your lane. 
This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead to chat continues about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hiring is one of those things you do not want to mess up. You need to hire great people if you want to take your entire business to the next level. With the stakes this high, there's only one choice, Indeed. Now let me tell you why. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly so you can do the part you really need faster. Meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. Indeed, with Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Offer valid through March 31. Terms and conditions apply. I'll spell that out. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out and tell me how you like it. Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Job Hunting Advice with Matthew Warzel. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Matthew Warzel is the president at MJW Careers, LLC, and head resume writer, career consultant, and outplacement solutions expert, lead jobstickers.com blog content writer, two-time published author, and certified with a bunch of credentials. And now back to the chat with Matt. But look for people that are about to level up from you and reach out to them and say something like this. Don't ask them to look at your resume. Do not email them an attachment. You need to just start massaging the relationship. And the one way to do it, A, comment on their posts share their posts after they after they comment back or maybe someone else comments on that same post get engaged really start to start getting your name seen by this person then after you have a little bit of uh you know maybe some dialogue through these posts uh and if there's no dialogue fine but when you when the time is right then you want to message them and what you want to ask is hey 
and this is just me spitballing, but you know, of course, if anybody needs me to help develop this message, feel free to reach out. But anyway, um, a little plug, but you know, what I say is, Hey, I, I follow your company on, uh, uh, you know, social media. I'm a big brand advocate. I I've been following your posts and really think you got some great thought leadership and noticed you're at the company for about 10 years. That's some, that's great loyalty. Uh, you know, I just want to know if you maybe had five or 10 minutes where I can, you know, just pick your brain to see, you know, how, how you are doing at the company and how much you like it and how can I be a better candidate in the hiring process? Because one day I'd really like to be working there. And I just want to know what makes a good candidate. Things like that, where they're going to almost talk about them, not hear you talk. And that's the key is you're not asking, you're, you're almost facilitating. And one moreover, if you can include some value into this post or in that post, this message, like maybe a link to an article that relates to their world and just say, Hey, also want to leave a link here. Check out this article. It might be relevant to you. I noticed it had blah, 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 blah about whatever, maybe be uh, useful for, for your day to day, whatever, just something like casual, you know, you're not asking, you're just kind of offering a little value. Do you think they aren't going to email you back at least saying thank you? And if they say thank you, now they've emailed you back. Now you can ping them again in a couple of weeks and just say, hey, um, you know, wondering uh, uh, if you saw this article or whatever. The thing is, you're building the relationship. And, you know, that brings to mind something that if you're looking for a job, I mean, it's inherent in what you're saying it tacitly, but you, you should be on LinkedIn. You really should be on LinkedIn because the world's professionals use it. It's the number one world professional social media site. And if, if you really are serious about getting a good job, a high level job or whatever, you really should be on LinkedIn and you should know how to build and create a very good profile because as mad as you're saying, they're going to go look at you on, on LinkedIn. They're going to check you out on LinkedIn or they are on LinkedIn and that's where you need to be so you can engage with them in a conversation and get to know them a little better. Exactly. And, you know, the final suggestion with that is that iced coffee idea. It, what that essentially means is even if you got to offer them a $10 Amazon card to pick their brain for 10 bucks, I don't want you to go out and spend a bunch of money, but let's just say you're replacing your old $10 you used to put towards your printer paper when you wanted to get pink paper for the big career fair or, you know, bound paper that we used to all do, which was ridiculous because that all just gets thrown away. But you know, instead of that $10 there, now you're just using it towards what you think could be a viable option to a viable way to get into that company. The other thing that I want to mention is social media stalking and in a positive way. So this company's on social media and you're everywhere, be everywhere where they live. If it's a Twitter post or an Instagram or a LinkedIn, Facebook, be in their radar, share, comment, discuss. Now, this person might not be the accountant, right? This person behind that wall is going to be the social media coordinator or whatever, digital marketer, but they are going to start to see your name a lot. And that's another way to kind of get into there too. I'd like to comment on that because some people, and I don't know really what's in everyone's head, and I don't really know the whole state of people's minds on this, but way back when, sometimes some job is better than no job. And some people just want to get a job. So not necessarily stock, you know, though it's not a bad idea. I may want to start stalking, stalking Apple and Amazon and see about being on their C level there. 
if you don't necessarily know where you want, you just want a good job. You want to use your skills. You just want to go out there. Now, unless you know the company that you think would be a good fit, and that actually makes really good sense. It's like, you should kind of know who your top choices are, right? Yeah, the more strategic and the more niche of a focus, the easier it'll be on you and mentally, it'll be just less stress because when you cast a wider net, you might overwhelm yourself. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you could spend a solid chunk of the day job hunting, but you want to do it where you're you're not wasting your time. And quite frankly, just applying to jobs for eight hours, good luck. I mean, you might hit a couple interviews that way, but I mean, this, this strategic stuff where you're targeting specific people at a company you want to work at, it, you're going right to the horse's mouth. I mean, that's kind of the people that are going to be doing the hiring. Just get And same thing with recruiters at these companies. They Yes, they're inundated. So be gentle with them, but know that they like fresh fish. They want to see a new resume. So start buddying up with some recruiters at some of these companies. Matt, last question here. This is a whole world of communication. We could do a whole series on this. We've talked a lot about hacks and getting a job and how to get a job and being on camera and what to put on the resume. Well, we're going to mention your website here in just a moment and go over that, but are there any particular resources? Look you up on YouTube. Where can we get more help and find out more about it? I understand we can go to mjwcareers.com and get that, but any other kind of references that you may want to point the audience to? Absolutely. Thank you for that. I'd like to share my blog website, which is embedded in my MJW's website. So you will be able to find it easier. It's jobstickers.com. It's like pot stickers, everyone's favorite snack, but job stickers. Hit me up there. You'll see my blog. You'll see my links to my live shows every Tuesday, Wednesday on Facebook and LinkedIn, respectively, as well as my services are all listed on the header. So you can kind of click around and see uh, just what I can offer. But I would love to help anybody, anyone I can. Uh, this is a game where you need to play it right. So if you don't use me, at least seek some professional help because, again, it boils down to being strategic and having a resume that will pass the seven-second test. It's so important to have a resume that has, quote-unquote, the look. And don't forget that Venmo tip, but I think $50,000 is a little bit much. What? I think it was New York City. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it should be $100,000 if anyone wants to Venmo me. Okay. Once again, we talked about job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel, and you can find him at mjwcareers.com. Now, everybody, your entrepreneurs, your small business owners, you may not be looking for a job, but this will help you in finding that good candidate for your business as well. So take the time to check it out. Study the references. Matt has put a lot of stuff together to help you Check it out. Matt, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Thank you for having me, Tony. It was likewise. It was a lot of fun. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I'm sure this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. We learned some excellent job hunting advice with Matthew Warzel. His story of how he landed a job in a brand new industry is remarkable. He didn't even know what the company did, and after multiple interviews, he actually got the job in a staffing firm. Meanwhile, he thought it had something to do with technology. After being interviewed for three hours by five different people, he got the job. That must have been his calling, and he heard the call, as he is now on top of his game in this field. And so he stayed for the money, which was a great amount for someone so young. But then he wound up being very good at it, 
and loving it. That kept him in the industry. His purpose switched from making a great living, money-wise, to really helping people get the job and get into a career they really like and get into a satisfying and fulfilling life's work. On CVs and resumes, you have to pass the seven-second test. That's how long the hiring manager looks at your resume before deciding whether to read more or set it aside. Being creative on getting hired really helps to cut through all the noise and clutter. I love that Venmo story. Did you get how that got the attention of the hiring person? It's guerrilla-style job hunting. For your resume, no graphs, no borders, no photos, no pictures, no frames, no text boxes, but you can include your portfolio. Get to the point on what you're going to do for them. After your contact information, put in a three-sentence summary of what can you do for them. What's your biggest value to the company? The last sentence is what you are going to do and how you are going to be successful for them. Then sprinkle in nine key skills that relate to the job opening. I know it sounds like a recipe, but you know what? It really is. Matthew lays down the detail item by item on keywords and why and how it all works. How brilliant of him to deeply educate us on this. And if you are hiring people, now you have a better feel of how the hiring people bring job applicants to you. Fascinating. Matthew continued to give point by point on how to get that job interview, and we went over time. If you want to hear the rest of what Matthew has to say, please go to tonydurso.com slash member. And for the price of a few cups of coffee a month, you can hear my new shows ad-free with additional bonus content from our guests with copies of my new books at no extra charge. And you also get to ask me anything about marketing, branding, promotion, as well as about starting and growing a podcast. Join the fun at TonyDurso.com slash member. That's TonyDurso.com slash member. Once again, there's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Did this interview give you any ideas for your business? Did it stimulate you to take some new action? Please share and grab hold of your vision. Decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with a decision. And you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The ebook is at tonydurso.com books. I created my empire in just a few years. I wrote up the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Let's help you move on your journey to success. Once again, please consider supporting this show with a nice review. Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 